Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Would you open up your Bibles and join me in Luke chapter 15? Open up your Bibles, join me in Luke chapter 15, please. Let me salute and thank God for uh, our fathers and their offspring that led us in worship on today. They did an amazing job. Our music ministry, thank you so very much. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15, verses 17 through 20. Luke chapter 15, verses 17 through 20. Ask that you'll stand to your feet all over the sanctuary. Those of you who are physically able, you'll do so. We welcome those of you who are worshiping with us from around the world. We so wish that you were here, but we're so glad that you were there. Uh, the same God that is in this place, we're believing, is going to fill your home. It's going to fill where it is that you worship and where it is that you watch. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 17 through 20. Let's read together with uplifted voices. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants... I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am uh, overwhelmingly uh, pleased and uh, grateful uh, to have uh, three of my daughters with me today. Uh, Grace, Angel, and Adore, won't you all stand? Uh, I'm glad to have them uh, with me on this day. Uh, Grace is uh, on her way to uh, FAMU, uh, so please uh, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Thank you. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he went up and went to his father. I want to preach for a little while uh, today using as a subject don't nobody want a broke man. Don't, don't nobody. Don't, uh, <laughs> mm. 
Would you look at the person beside you and say, did you hear what pastor's preaching about? Don't nobody <laughs> Don't nobody want a uh, broke man. Comrades, um, one of the most successful singing groups since the Supremes was Georgia's grown, homegrown trio, TLC. Sold over 72 million records worldwide. T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili embodied creativity and the culture with their style and with their songs. Maybe long after our lifetime, anthropologists would do well to analyze the long-range impact of one particular tune and the trail of trauma that lies in its wake. Although released on the airwaves in 1999, it's still pulsating through the subconscious of a whole lot of people in our community. The song, No Scrubs. Uh, starts with a taunting alto decrying. A scrub is a guy that thinks he's fly. Uh, oh, y'all ain't been saved your whole life. And uh, he's also known as a buster. No, I don't want no scrub. A scrub that can't get no love from me. Hanging outside of passenger side of his best friend's ride trying to holler at me. No, I don't want your number. No, I don't want to give you mine. No, I don't want to meet you nowhere. No, I don't want none of your time. A scrub can't get no love from me. Now, half of y'all need to join the choir after this. <laughs> I want you to uh, press pause on the cassette tape and rewind it with a pencil. And I want you to hear what they said over two million times just on streaming platforms. I need you to hear this, that the man was dismissed because he didn't have his own car. Not because of his character, not because of criminality, not because of an absence of self-control, not because of a void of convictions, not because he didn't have a relationship with Christ, but simply reduced to a car. They took into no account the redlining of his zip code, the fact that maybe he's trying to rebuild his credit score, or that he's coming off papers and that the system won't let him have a license. The man's value was reduced to wealth, all the more assessed by a pack of 20-year-olds. Ladies and gentlemen, might I humbly submit to you this Sunday morning that bankrolls and black men have always had an abusive marriage, given the fact 
that the currency of this country was built on the backs of black men. Our value was always measured on our strength and our seeds, but never on our sensibilities. As a consequence, financial trauma impacts the psyche of black males different than any other demographic in this society. Economists gauge net worth while culture interprets worthiness. This is only exacerbated with pay inequity being so glaring that black men are the only demographic in this nation where their female counterparts make more money. So as a consequence, black women have more entrepreneurial enterprises, have more degrees, and have more home ownership. This has left many brothers feeling inadequate to walk in the role as providers. We live in a system, hear me, we live in a system where you can go to jail, have your license suspended, and passport revoked for not having paid child support. But that same system does not provide job training, job placement, or access to capital. I need you to be mindful that in the welfare of this nation, that when they develop Section 8 and food stamps, the only way that families could receive it is if a black father was not present. And many black fathers were escorted out of the picture, not because they did not want to be a part of their family or their children's lives, but they made the sacrifice so that their children could eat and could have a roof over their head. Many of our fathers and grandfathers served this nation nobly and when they came back could not get access to buy a home, could not find capital to start a business, and then they were reclassified as being lazy, syphilis, and worthless while it is that they were strung out on heroin after serving in Vietnam but not given any insurance or aftercare or medical attention. I need you to understand that money does not make a black man. A black man has been a man when he had no money. I don't know where you are. Y'all ought to help me right through here. I want to heal some black fathers who felt as if they were not worthy to serve in that place of honor because you didn't have a job, because you didn't have resources, because you didn't have capital, because you didn't have a fancy car. I want you to know your children want you broke. Your children want you with no money. Your children want you with no fancy car. Your presence means more than video games, means more than Jordans, means more than fly clothes. They would rather you be there cheering at the games, present at PTA, seeing their homework and telling them that they can be somebody. I defy this nation that has tried to break our black men and reduce them to their bank account. But there are black men that are standing in this room that understand the Negro spiritual before I be a slave I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free
free. I want to cheer the black men that didn't have all of the money, but they made all of the sacrifices, made all of the things that were necessary for their children to have a better way of life. Money does not make you a man. It just gives you the equipment to establish what's in your head and the material to build what's in your heart. With no money, I need you to hear this, with no money, with no money, with no money, Jesus fed 5,000. With no money, he brought a girl back to life. With no money, Jesus canceled a little boy's funeral. With no money, Jesus pulled himself up out of the grave. He said, no man takes my life. I lay it down, and if I lay it down, I'll pick it back up again. I came to remind black people that have forgotten that God can make miracles happen when money is not an option. Don't y'all walk around here acting like you are always had money but I need those of y'all that know that I serve a God that when I had no money he put food on the table with no money clothes on my back with no money a roof over my head Everybody don't have that testimony. But if you know you served a God that blessed you in seasons when you had no money, would you give God glory right now? Come on, come on. Come on. I can recall, I recall long ago, one of the best and worst Father's Days that were ever recorded was in Luke chapter 15, where we find this dad who had two sons and the youngest of them felt entitled. So much so that he went to his father and asked for his inheritance early. My entire life from vacation Bible school to Sunday school, we have always vilified this youngest son but I need you to look at him differently today. I need you to look with a fresh set of eyes and see not just his audacity, but his insight. What am I looking at, Pastor? The youngest son knew something that I want fathers, your children, to know about you. The youngest son knew that the father made preparation for him. The youngest son knew that the father had put something aside for him that the youngest son knew that the father made plans for his children's future. And not only did the son know that the father made plans, he had enough nerve to ask for it. I don't know whether you remember it or not, but the Bible says he will supply all of your needs. I don't know who this is for, maybe you online, maybe you in this room, but the heavenly father is saying, I got what you need. I'm just waiting on you to ask for it. Now, some of y'all are so bougie, y'all don't need nothing. But there's a small group that need a financial breakthrough. And God said, what your grandmother told you, shut mouths, don't get fed. But if you need God to see about something that you are in need of in this hour, 
Would you open up your mouth like you need the rent to get paid? Like you need tuition to get paid? Like you need the car note to get paid? Like you need insurance to get paid? Just a little talk with Jesus and he will make it all right. I need you to be seated for just one moment. He asked his father for it because he had a need for it, had a want for it, had a desire for it. Can you imagine that anything you ask for in Jesus' name, it shall be given unto you. Look at the person beside you, tell them my family's going through a lot right now. Come on, I can't hear nobody. I said my family's going through a lot right now. I need something only God can provide and I don't have a whole lot of time to get it. I need God to do it before this month is over. Those of you that got a real need, don't worry about these phony Negroes. You need God to do something immediately. I dare you to open up your mouth and cry out unto God like God, you know what I need. It ain't my mother, it ain't my father, it's me, oh Lord, I'm standing. The Bible records that the son was not a good steward of his resources. He did not function in financial literacy. He didn't exercise in discipline and gave no hint, watch this, of fiscal maturity. I got a pause right here. My mother pulled my sisters and I aside and says, I need you all to know I am not going to raise entitled middle-class children. Y'all ain't gonna walk around here thinking that the world owes you something. Y'all ain't saying nothing and too many of you are not raising your children. You are just gifting your children. You gotta raise your children to leave so that you don't have grown squatters in your house. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You gotta raise your children to get jobs and to make a difference and to make an impact. It is out of biblical order for grown children to be asking their parents for money. You are supposed to be taking care of your parents. And I believe God is getting ready to do something in the life of your children so that your children will take financial responsibility over their lives. I know some of y'all ain't worried about it, but those of you that want to see your children not repeat your financial mistakes, would you give God glory right now? Father had worked hard, had invested. Most black businesses do not go into the next generation because the children are not interested. They'll sell it off, sell the house, sell the business, sell the property, because we have not taught them about generational wealth. This young man got his inheritance from his father and he does not plan a business. He does not buy a home. He does not make any investments. 
I need you to see what he does. The Bible says that he lives recklessly. Keeps buying new Jordans. Keeps getting battle service. Keeps getting a gold chain. Keeps buying video games. Keeps investing in Bitcoins. Keep buying expensive cars. Always is in an uncommitted relationship. The recession hits and he is not prepared for what's getting ready to happen. I need you to lift up that hand. I want to speak something over you, but that has nothing to do with you. I speak over the life of your children. That when financial storms come, that your children will not forget the God of their salvation. That your children will not lower their standard, their ethics, or their morality just for money. But they understand that we are called to a high standard. That no matter how broke they get, there's some stuff they'll never do for a dollar. That they'll keep their self-esteem intact. They'll keep their Christ-like consciousness intact. I don't want you so desperate. Say this over your daughters. I don't want you so desperate desperate that you got to share a relationship with a married man. I don't want you so desperate that you got to sell drugs to our own community. I don't want you so desperate that you make excuses to participate in something illegal. I raised you better than that. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're sitting, but I just felt the download from heaven that a breakthrough financially is about to happen for your child. Oh, y'all, y'all didn't hear what I just said. I said a financial breakthrough is about to happen for your child. Your grandchildren are not going to be in four or five different schools. I speak stability over your child's life and over their future. He spent all that he had. This younger son did. He spent all that he had and he woke up in a pig pen. And when he woke up in the pig pen, I need you to hear this. I need you to note this is that he woke up broken. He was raised in a good Christian home, but wakes up in a pig pen, broken. Not his pockets, his self-esteem was broken. His self-image was broken. His morale was broken. His drive was broken. But he said, I can go to my father's house. I ain't gotta live like this. The father's gonna put me back together again. I came for some men who are in this house today who don't understand that life has tried to break you. And the last thing the enemy of your soul wanted you to do is to get to your father's house. But God said, from the moment you stepped in this door, God is putting you back together again. You're going to live a life with no regrets. 
You gonna live a life not second guessing who it is that you are. You gonna live a life knowing I'm a child of the king. And the father saw him afar off. And the father saw him afar off and like a good father, before the son could even get close, the father starts making preparation. Says, I see you coming. And I need you to hear and pay attention to what it is that he says to the servants of the house. Says, my son is coming. Go get shoes and a robe for him. You've been reading this your whole life and didn't even understand what this meant. I need you to know this, is that only slaves wore no shoes. God, I can't hear nobody. Only slaves walked around bare-chested. He saw his son and said, no son of mine is gonna be a slave. I'm putting shoes on his feet. I'm putting covering on his back. I speak over every black man in this room. You are not gonna be a slave to this system. You are not gonna be a slave to this culture. You are not gonna be a slave to some job for 40 years just to get a stinking gold watch. God said, I'm putting a robe on you, a covering over your life. I'm not gonna let you be a slave to who it is that television says you are. I'm not gonna let you be a slave to the ghosts that haunt you in your head because you were touched inappropriately. I'm not gonna let you be a slave because you don't know how to turn that bottle loose. I'm not gonna let you be a slave to your anger that you hitting people that you love and you supposed to protect. God said, I gotta put a robe on you so you can stop acting like what America thinks you are. You are greater than that. You are not a criminal. Donald Trump is a criminal. You are a black man with integrity. He says, I'm putting a robe on you. I'm putting shoes on you. But not only am I putting a robe on you, not only am I putting shoes on you, he said, bring me the fatted calf. He says, I never, as a man, want you to be hungry. I never want you trying to figure out how you're gonna sustain yourself, how it is that you're gonna live and make it from week to week. He didn't say, bring me any old calf. He said, bring me a fatted calf. I prophesy over this house that beginning this week, you are living in more than enough. God, I can't hear anybody. I dare to open up your mouth if you believe your struggle season is coming to an end. Your struggle season. Says, kill the fatty calf. Said, I want to put a ring on them. I'm not just going to give him a robe. Not just going to give him shoes. Not just going to kill, kill the fatted calf. He says, I want to put a ring on him. Watch this, the ring has my insignia. So he knows he is connected to me. I'm getting ready to bother some of your theology and I hope you'll pay attention to it. You've known this story your whole life that the prodigal son comes home 
And when the prodigal son comes home, the father gives him a robe, gives him shoes, has a cookout, has killed the fatted calf. You already know by now they put a ring on them. But there's a small principle in the story that I think you've ignored, that you've not paid attention to, is that when the son comes home, the father never gives him money. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. He never gave him money. He said, I made that mistake before. I gave you money before I gave you identity. So now I'm gonna give you identity first. Because if you don't know who you are, you'll spend money trying to be what you are not. But when you know I am a man and nobody can define me, nobody can limit who I am. I want you to be seated for just one moment. I'm gonna show this to you. Because there are men who are sitting amongst you who you can't even tell because of the car they drive, because of the Rolex that they wear, because of the degrees that are on their wall. You think that they're okay. And you don't even know that they're broke. And you want him for what he has and not for who he is. I, my soul shuddered at how you celebrated and rejoiced over the affirmation nobody wants a broke man because you thought I was talking about money. God help me. But you can have a baller that got a Benz, a Bentley, but got no bearings of who he is. I am praying today, and I hope you'll shout better, that God will restore broken men, that he'll put men back together again to know who you are in spite of what you've been through, in spite of what you don't have, in spite of what was taken from you. I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. This ain't much of a shouting sermon. Ain't no turn to your neighbor. Ain't giving three people a high five. But you have no idea how many men are broken. Because life has happened with no manual. You have no idea how many men are functionally depressed. You have no idea how many men have committed emotional suicide. You have no idea how many men don't know their self-worth because they've been reduced to a check, reduced to a job. And the Bible says that the Father says, I see you with mud on you. I see you smelling like what we are forbidden to have. I see you. And I notice your language changed after you went broke. 
Oh, I can't hear nobody. Before you went broke, you said, give me. When you were entitled, little brat, you said, give me. But after you went out in the street, after you lived through some stuff, after you endured some heartache, you didn't say, give me, you said, make me. God, I can't hear nobody. And God said, today, I'm getting ready to make new men. Today, I am raising up new men. The problem is, I really thought everybody would celebrate. I thought everybody would celebrate him coming to himself, getting to the Father, and saying, I made some mistakes, but I want to be a better man. His greatest enemy wasn't the pig. It wasn't the Philistines. His greatest enemy was his own brother who couldn't stand the sight of seeing his brother restored. I know that we have seen the feminization of church where we believe that worship and breakthrough is just for women. But I believe with everything that's in me that restoration is still for men. I'm gonna open up this altar. Listen to me very carefully. I'm gonna open up this altar for some men who feel broken. Some men who wave in the white flag. Some men who have been chewed up by the culture, by society. You don't know your left from your right. You don't know whether you're coming or whether you're going. I need you to meet me at this altar, please. I'm not asking all the men to come. I'm just asking for those of you who have been broken by life. to your servants. Every brother who's at this altar, I want you to interlock arms with another brother. Because God's going to heal something in you. He's going to heal something for you. You don't know how to explain to a child. I wasn't there because I was embarrassed. I didn't have nothing to give. No way to articulate. They got no clue. You don't want to fight over no child support. Under those of you who got no idea, folk don't care that nobody wants to hire you because of your past. Nobody wants to give you a chance. Nobody wants to give you an opportunity. 
They're looking at you like you got no goals, got no dreams, like you ain't going after nothing. They got no idea. I'd give my left lung just to get some support, just to get some resources, just to have somebody believe in me. God says, I, will you trust me? Men of you at this altar, look at me. Will you trust God? Hear this. If he don't give you, he just makes you. I want to responsibly, I want to responsibly apologize to you for the church telling you if you shout, you'll get money. That if you scream, you'll be a millionaire. If you holler, all your bills will get paid. Sometimes God will do it that way, but most times he don't. He'll make you into something. The quality and the character of man you are about to become, money can't buy. All of your past missteps, we're preparing you for what you're getting ready to step into. One of uh, my father's mentors, the late Bishop John Hurst Adams, I need you to listen to me. Bishop Adams told my father this and my father said it to me. Would you look at me please? This is what my father's mentor said to him and he said to me, money makes you more of who you are broke. Did you hear what I just said? Money makes you more of who you are broke. God can't trust your character with wealth. He says, I got to trust you that when I bless you this time, you won't blow it. I got to trust that when I give it to you this time, you'll be responsible and think about the future. I need to make sure that all of that pride and flesh and drip is out of you before the next blessing hits. So I need you to live through a season. I need you to live through a season where you will come back to me. Because had you had all the money in the world, come on, keep it 100, you wouldn't be here. You had all the money in the world. Ain't no way. This is where you would be. God, brothers, had you wake up in a pig pen for you to get to his house just so that he could make you into something. His self-esteem was so broken that he said, I just want to be one of the servants. And the father said, lift up your head. You ain't one of my servants. You my son. I'm, I am believing by faith that God is going to restore you to the place and to the position and to the capacity you're supposed to be in. New birth, would you stretch your right hand to faith? I'm going to pray for these sons, sons of the Most High God. Lord, I pray that you'll make a position for them. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll make a situation that is custom tailor-made for their gift. 
I pray, dear Lord, that you'll make it easy for them to have a difficult conversation. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll reconcile whatever's taking place with them and their children. I pray that you'll heal whatever's happened in their heart. Thank you, dear Lord, for every betrayal, for letting people leave before the real harvest comes. God, I trust you that this will be the summer of restoration, that everything that they lost in life is gonna be added back to them. I believe it 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 fold. And those of you that believe just like the men at this altar, God is going to restore the men in your family. Would you open up your mouth and give God glory? Now watch this. I need you to listen to me. The youngest son gets restored, but the oldest brother can't handle it because he wanted his brother to be out there. Those of you who are here at this altar, I want you to know we're excited about your restoration. We're excited about what God is getting ready to do in your life. Watch this. We are not going to wait for you to get the contract. We're not going to wait for you to get the degree. We're not going to wait for you to make the deposit. We're not going to wait for you to move into your own house. We're not going to wait for you to be debt free. Today, we celebrate you. New birth, I need y'all to kill every devil assigned to their self-esteem. As they go back to their seats, would you cheer for these men? You can go back, come on. Come on, give God glory. Y'all better cheer for them. God bless you, man, love you. Come on, open up your mouth. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.